Yo, 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 what up, man? Welcome to another episode of Football Without Hesitation. I am your host, Oz. Before we get into this week's show, just like I'd like to start these, I want to let everybody know that uh, to please uh, follow on the social medias at FWH Podcast on Instagram, at Baldini10 on Twitter. Super simple, super easy. You follow me there, you get all the goods. I, I say you get all the goods, but I sat there Wednesday and Saturday. I didn't. I oh, see Saturday. I did tweet. I, I did I tweet it out. I didn't take a picture or anything. I, I, I'm so terrible at that. I don't know. Once I get to Avaya, I'm just like I'm. I am at Avaya. I am here at the cathedral. You can't disrespect it by taking pictures and stuff. But it's not good when you're trying to promote the team and trying to talk about the team. People want to see what you're talking about. Um, so if you want to see what I'm talking about, again, you can follow me at Baldini10 on Twitter, at FWH Podcast on Instagram. Um, the more followers I get, the more excited I get, the more I want to post. Huh? Huh? How about that? That's a deal right there. That's a deal. You guys follow me, I'll make more posts. Or is it a catch-22? If I don't make posts, more posts, how do I get followers? Damn. Modern marketing. So difficult. Anyway. Also, like I said, uh, still a lot of people listen to this podcast as, as it comes out on either the Twitter link or, or any other of the links that I share. And those links, connect, I mean, while they do, you can listen to the podcast. They take you to this, like, to, to our media host's website. It's very, it's not user-friendly. You know, if you're listening on a desktop and you leave the browser, when you come back, your spaces are going to be saved. It, I'm sure it's a bit of a hassle. I mean, this show is kind of short, so I guess you can consume it all at once. But I still highly suggest that, that you subscribe on, on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Music, one of those podcatchers. Um, it's available on all of them, all the good ones at least. And, and there, when the episodes come out, they'll be there. They'll be saved. They, they download right there for you. You don't got to worry about nothing. Whenever you got time to listen to them, you listen to them whenever you want. You know, you don't have to click on my link and have to listen to it there. Now, hell no. Just subscribe. iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you know. Wherever the hell you listen. Just just ask the way to go. That's the way to go. But the way this show is going is it to the beginning. Yo. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, if you've been listening the last several weeks now, I, I like to start this show with, with an updated standings report. Like I said, the San Jose Earthquakes have made it extremely easy for you this year. If you're a new fan, new follower, the San Jose Earthquakes have made following them, especially in the standings, extremely easy. What you do is you pull up the standings, MLS standings, and you go all the way to the bottom. Fucking simple, dude. Fuck all this. Oh, where's 7th place? Where's 12th place? No. Quakes made it easy for you. Go to the bottom. San Jose Earthquakes right there. Um... And last week and this week, not much has changed. Not much has changed. Uh, they were 2-11-6 last week. This week, they had two games. Again, they played Seattle on Wednesday. They played Real Salt Lake on Saturday. 
lost to Seattle on Wednesday in one of the most boring games I had ever seen. But beer helped. No, it didn't. It did not help. Suddenly come here Saturday, they put this lineup that everybody's kind of like, what the fuck's going on with this lineup? I thought Starry was weird before, but now he's doing this. And that was one of the most entertaining games of the year, for sure. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with the scene. But anyway, right now, which is right now, July 29th, the Quakes sit at two wins, 12 losses, seven ties. Whew, that hurts. That hurts. That, again, that, that comes out to 0. .62 points per game, which is... Way again, way, way. I mean, you're, you're, we're looking up at DC United. We're looking way up at, at DC United. Um, so uh, yeah, again, at this point, if you're a Quakes fan and you're looking at the standings and you're hoping for some kind of miracle, pull something out of their ass so they go to the playoffs, nah, don't do it, bro. Don't do that to yourself. Don't we? We don't need that right now. This team is not a playoff contending team. This team is is not anywhere good. You know, um, what you want to see is in, is is incremental improvement. You know, stop losing three to nothing, two to nothing at home, and and show that you're starting to think of something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so they said at, at two twelve and seven, thir- good for thirteen points again, all the way. The worst team in the league. Um, so, like I said, they made it easy for you. They made it easy. I, I like it. I like it. It's simple for new fans. Go to the bottom. There we is. There we is. We right there. But, um, so, so anyway, again, like I said, I, I like to... I want to open this up more, not just not just San Jose Earthquakes. If you're a new follower to, to MLS or or American Soccer, I want to you know start talking more about the other teams. So, so in, in MLS, while there is playoffs and all that, there is also what is called the Supporter Shield, which is the given to the the team with the best record in the in the regular season. And Atlanta United has been running away with it. Atlanta United in their second season this year. Um, they really look like like they've kind of changed the dynamic or the way teams kind of build themselves in this league. What up, Adam? And and they're they're doing it, they're doing a, a, an excellent job. They you know they they made it to the playoffs last year and that was it. But this year they really really seem to make come to their own. And, and, yeah, and currently they, they lead the Supporter Shield standings at 47 points, four points ahead of New York City FC. Um, it's going to tighten up. Uh, again, we, if you go by points per game, FC Dallas is right there at two points per game, where Atlanta United's at 2.04. FC Dallas got two games in hand. Oh man, this is where it starts to get exciting. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but this is this is for for when the ner- for the nerds, especially. Come, come on, if you're a Quakes fan, you, you, fucking team's out of it right now. You know. Shout out to Orlando beating Galaxy in the 39th minute. Orlando is up one to nothing. Always makes me feel good when Galaxy loses at anything. 
So good on you, good on you, Orlando. Thank you, thank you for for that little that little bump in, in morale right now. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta United looks to be running away with the supporter shield right now. But if you look at it again, the games played, points per game, and all that, it is much closer. Um, also, FC Dallas has a very very ta- tough challenge coming up. They are playing the Quakes at home. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like I shouldn't make fun of my team like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, Atlanta got that that four point lead. Earthquakes all the way at the bottom. But uh, yeah, let, let's get into this. this last week. It's pretty neat. They played three times in the, in seven days. That's pretty awesome. It's a lot of shit to talk about. Uh, a lot of opportunities for players that may have not had the opportunity to play. You, you know, even if, if you're a stubborn manager, you're going to have to put these players in at this time. Players are tired. Um, so, yeah, so it, so it's cool. It kind of forces you to experiment. And that experiment that happened on Saturday looked like it, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. But anyway, this week started uh, on Wednesday versus Seattle at Avaya. It was interesting. Uh, ultras weren't there. That was interesting i don't i don't know what's up with that group you know uh they showed back up on saturday so that was cool um but anyway that game fucking sucked i mean you could you could take someone that's been a lifelong basketball fan that never watched soccer in their life and you take them to that game on wednesday and they'd be like yo man this game sucks <laughs> you're like yeah this game it was there's nothing to it. I mean, there was quakes. The quakes was it was decently exciting. It, again, if you're not familiar with it, this is the, the what's called the tr- summer transfer window. If, if you're familiar familiar with soccer, you know all about transfer windows. If you don't, really quick in in soccer, or I guess in MLS, there's two times during the year that you can actually sign players that are signed. You know, there's there's obviously you know rules if if the guy's just fucking working at Home Depot or something, you could, you could sign him whenever, but. But generally, if a player is is attached to another team or something, you only have two times per year to make a deal to to you know to get them on the team. Right now, we we are in the summer transfer window. The Quakes had made moves previously, so now those those players get to move in, get get to come play. So Wednesday was the debut of, of two new two new players. Uh, one being Luis Felipe, who was a really young mid- midfielder, played for Reno. You know, my yeah, I know the, the Quakes seem to be going for some money ball shit, and I, I think Luis Felipe seems to be one of these money ball type. Hey, I don't know how many people saw him. I mean, he went from Fort Lauderdale, New York Cosmos, uh, FC 1868. So it's not like he he just came out of nowhere. But anyway, uh, making their debut was Luis Felipe and also Garam Kashia. Now, I'll get into a, a little bit more of who these players are in a bit. Um, so, so yeah, so so Wednesday was a bit different. It was a Wednesday game. Again, it's always strange. Fucking weather is all hot and humid over here. Shit's lighting on fire. Like it, it was just weird. And that game totally fucking sucked. It totally fucking sucked, but with two new players, a midfielder and a defender, you know, and the way it's been going, you, you really can't expect any kind of crispness, any kind of, you know, cohesiveness. I mean, granted, fucking Seattle looked terrible. Fucking terrible. And then they, I think that they've, they've won again yesterday or today or something. So 
I guess they're not as terrible as they look, but they, they look terrible. Quakes looked even fucking worse. And, and yeah, and, and, and Seattle was able to, to score a pretty good goal. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been Quakes giving up worse goals this year. But other than that, there was nothing. It was one of those that Quakes never threatened at all. You never, you never thought they had a chance. So you're like, I, you don't know what to think as a fan. None of us has known what to think. And Saturday comes around again, third game in seven days. You got the two new guys. You got a strange lineup. Quincy got the start for the first time all year. I mean, um, that was, I love that shit, obviously. I mean, yeah, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I love Quincy. And um, so, so that was fun to see him get that start. But you're just kind of like, what is going to happen? Real Salt Lake is a, is a real good team. They're a real good team. They're not just Real Salt Lake. They they are. Let me let me pull up where they are. I know they're. Oh, they're they're sixth in the Western Conference, so they're right at the edge of of the playoffs. So, not like they're fucking world beaters, but but they decent. Um. So, this strange formation comes up. Real Salt Lake, a team that's in the playoffs is the opponent. You just lost to Seattle, who hasn't been doing good this year. It it, it was... I, I I was sitting there, and I tell my girlfriend, I was like, I should not be this anxious before the start of this just regular season game. But I was. I, I was fucking very anxious. I, w- I was hoping that, that things would work out. And... And... They kind of did. The Quakes tied, and the Quakes tied 0-0. But one thing that I noticed immediately was the aggressiveness. And the, the, the Quakes have done this at least twice before this year, and that's only against Minnesota. I don't know why they only did against Minnesota. I don't know why Starry or whoever doesn't see that this, this kind of works. Isn't that is putting pressure from the beginning? The Quakes were harassing uh nick romando since since the beginning and they were not backing up they did not give a fuck where how deep real salt lake went to play they were they were standing on their lines and they were putting the pressure on on real salt lake and guess what real salt lake couldn't do shit real salt lake couldn't do shit this this game again it ended it was a zero zero tie but if you look at this, it's one of these where you look at the overall thing. The Quakes had the better chances. If there was any team that should have scored on Saturday, it was the Quakes. If there was any team that was that that looked like they were dominating, it was the Quakes. And a big reason was Garam Kashia and Luis Felipe. Luis Felipe had himself a motherfucking game in midfield, distributing, defending. He. He's excited. You can tell he's excited. You know, it, it, it's real kind of a, a really quick rise from NASL to USL. Now you're playing M- MLS. It, again, that was he was playing for Fort Lauderdale two years ago. You know, it, it was two years ago that, that he was doing that. So so he must be excited. It was a real quick jump. It, it was really fast. And he's playing like he's excited. He's got this good energy. He's He's, you know. Making strong tackles, a bit concerning. He has two yellow cards over those two games that he's played. 
That is not a good number. Um, basically because we need him on the pitch at this point. But but the energy, the energy that he brought, that, that uh, again, he's going to settle down. He, he's going to settle down. When you, when you first come into the, you know, into the league like this, you, you're that excited. Well, shit, I mean, maybe he doesn't settle down. I'll take him not settling down. But, but, but anyway, on Saturday, he looked fully comfortable, fully committed to being a part of contributing to, to this team, of changing the, the perception of this team. And, and it was great. I mean, you just hear it in the stands. All uh, Felipe again, Felipe again, Felipe again. Luis Felipe, welcome to MLS, dude. Welcome to San Jose Earthquakes. You made it, sir. You fucking made it. Now, contribute. Could keep contributing. Um, and then you got Garam Kashia. And Garam Kashia, um, I've mentioned this before, is, is a, you, a, a def- defenders are like, I guess, catchers in, in baseball. Defenders are like catchers in baseball, right? They kind of set the defense. They they let every oh there you go yeah there's yeah yeah infield shortstop yeah kind of setting the defense like this this player can do this and Muma Victor Bernardez was fucking great at that for for the Quakes. Um, beyond that, it should fall onto the keeper. The keeper is the one that that should be able to dictate his defense. Again, this is me talking out of school, but this is what I'm seeing. Um, and, and currently, the, the Quakes didn't have that. They, they didn't have that. Harold Cummings and and um, Andrew Tarbell, I don't know, maybe they, they're just the communications out there. Maybe the personalities don't match up or whatever. But it, it seemed like Tarbell was on an island against his defense. You know, he was they were looking at each other from fucking across the, the English Channel or some shit. Like, I'm here, you're there. Um, Garam Kashia was in everybody's fucking face. He was making sure the lines were tight, making sure people were not in bad positions. He was, he was physically grabbing people and telling them, "Go there, go there." And and what was brilliant is that the response of the Quakes players wasn't to an aggressive like, "Who the fuck is this new guy telling me what to do?" They reacted. And I mean, this dude, I'm telling you, this fucker looks intimidating as fuck with the little short hair and shit. Like, yeah, this dude looks intimidating. Um, but I love that. I love that he was barking at his players. And it wasn't this kind of like, come on, you fucking, you know, like pick it up, you losers. It was just like, I'm the leader. Y'all listen to me and everything will be cool. If we fuck up, it's on me. But if you if you follow my directions, we will succeed. And guess what? It was the first clean sheet of the year. I don't know how much credit Garam gets. Tarbell definitely gets credit. He had some really good saves that game. But it was exciting. It was exciting. One, y'all, oh, man. I got to tell y'all this. Just because this has nothing to do with... with with the game itself or, or or the quakes or nothing. This is just fan stuff. And, and I got to bring this up just because, what the fuck, dude? I don't know. I had never had a, an interaction like this. And I've been talking about how this league, at least the fans, like they try to be like, oh, this is fucking soccer, the world sport and everything. But it's like they're pretty exclusive. <laughs> MLS fans are pretty exclusive. They, they're like, oh, no, really aggressive. 
So I was standing in line, went for a beer. It wasn't even halftime yet. I was like 40 minutes in. Went nobody in line. Went nobody in line. Just one person in front of me, and there was two registers. So I was like, I'll just stand, you know, a couple feet behind whichever one opens up. I'll go to that one. So I'm standing there, standing there, and there's some dude, you know, this like middle-aged, smaller white guy is like, are, are you in line? I was like, yeah, I'm in line. He was like, well, you know, you can stand closer, right? And I was like, yeah, but I'm fine right here. You know, I'm trying to get up in everybody's space. Like, ain't, ain't no fucking line. And then, and this is what really got me, what really threw me for a loop and made me think he was like, oh, well, this isn't like an immigration line. You can stand closer. And I was, and immediately, immediately, I wanted to be like, wait, where the fuck did you just say immigration line? What the fuck does immigration, why would I be standing in some fucking immigration line? What the fuck does that mean, dude? I, I, again, this is weird. As a, as, a, as a person of color, as a minority, as whatever you want to fucking call it, when a white person says that shit, it's like, what the fuck? And he just kind of like laughs it off. Like, oh, yeah. Huh. And I'm like, dude, like, is there some kind of, am I causing a commotion by standing in this spot or anything? It's like, no, no, it's okay. But you could also stand closer. And he was just like, what the fuck? Does it matter where the fuck I'm standing? You're, he was literally the only other person in line. But I get it. People have their own idea of what personal space is or, or whatever. I don't care about that. But the fact that he was like, this is not an immigration line. It was like, what the fuck does that mean, motherfucker? And, and, and again, that's where immediately, I don't want to, dude, I don't want to think this way, dog. It, it fucking sucks living in this country and being born in this country, you know? Fucking, for, uh, I'm, I'm an American, motherfucker. I'm, I'm an American. You know how it sucks, like, to know or to feel that you're not a real American? Like, that's... You're not, yeah, oh yeah, you're born and raised here, but you're not a real, a real American, you know. And I know if you're white, you don't understand that. But if you're not white, white people make sure that, that you know that a lot. And they probably don't do it on purpose a lot of the time. I don't think a majority of this country is racist. I don't think this person was being racist either. But y'all got to understand how if we, we barely feel like we belong in the country that we were born in. I get it. I, I, I get it. I know I'm asking you to be even more sensitive in a, in a generation where we think everybody is as sensitive as can be. But holy shit. Holy shit. I mean, that, that genuinely upset me. And if I would have gotten more upset, guess who would have been the bad guy? Guess who would have been? Oh, you, you think the middle-aged white guy decked out in in the old school quakes gear or the young mexican dude that's upset who's gonna get the benefit of the doubt here come on come on america come on america so anyway so i gotta bite the fucking my tongue and and i can't be i can't ask the proper the, like why'd you ask you know why'd you go there I, I can't i can't i have to accept it and take it and be like oh yeah cool and turn the other shit kind of situation you know fucking sucks dude Fucking sucks, dog. Fucking immigration line. Bitch, where's your family's papers? Y'all motherfuckers didn't even stand in the immigration line. You just, just came and took the fucking land. Um, but anyway, let's finish this up. I just don't want to get too upset. I mean, come on. It's whatever. It's fucking whatever. Shit happens all the time. It's just, it's just like, damn, it bothered me. Um, in, this, in this 
era right now in this generation with this with this current presidential administration y'all gotta fucking watch that shit um but anyway speaking of shit y'all gotta watch for sure let you know let's talk about mls let's let's quakes is fun let's talk about the league as a whole again like i'm saying i want to try to incorporate more of the league let people know how cool this shit is um and I see my battery dying here on my recorder, so I'm gonna try to make this quick. Cause, uh, man, we got we got some juicy gossip. We got some hot cheese. MLS has been struggling to find its place in the American landscape, but to find your place in the American landscape, especially in the pop culture sense, you need a good fucking scandal. You need scandals, man. Scandals get fucking people watching. So. Atlanta United is not content with being a second-year team that is leading the supporter shield and looks like the best team in the league. Fuck that shit. They need off-the-field drama as well. And they did that. And they fucking did that. And again, I don't want to get into too much. It's people's personal life and, you know, relationships and all that shit. I, I don't know shit. It's all alleged. But y'all got to check this out, man. You want to see some fucking cheese. So... So anyway, Atlanta United again has been world beaters, playing great. Uh, w- one of their best players is Ezekiel Barco, young guy, 19 years old. He, he signed for Atlanta for a 15 million dollar transfer fee. Well, allegedly, uh, I don't. There hasn't been disclosed, but if if it's 15 million, it's a record deal. No MLS team had ever played so much or paid so much to get a player like this. This dude comes up, and I feel like shit because I don't have the teammate's name. But anyway, he has a so he comes up, and he's worth every fucking dime that that Atlanta paid for. But speaking of dimes, when you're famous and you're balling and you're 19 and you live in a major city like Atlanta, people are gonna holler. People gonna holler. And apparently somebody that hollered was his teammate's girlfriend. His teammate's girlfriend. And then this to, to add insult to injury, this is a teammate. This is a guy that looked like he'd been he'd been trying so hard to make it. And he made it like this kind of Cinderella story type thing, made it to the bench. He's like Baldini, you know. If you don't know the story of Baldini, go back several episodes. I I mentioned Baldini, my alter ego. He's got an interesting story as well. But but anyway, th- this guy Made it to Atlanta United, one of the most, you know, one of the growing teams. Whenever he gets a chance to play, he seems to be doing well. Next thing you know, his chick is hitting, is talking to one of his teammates who's a fucking superstar. It'd be like, like if you're the, the you know, you're the, the, the fourth string wide receiver and all of a sudden your girl's talking to Tom Brady. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Get the fuck out of here. But what does is, what is Tata Martino do? What, what does the manager of Atlanta do? Does he fucking push it to the side, try to chill everything out like I didn't happen? Fuck no. He benches Barco. He says, nah, bro, I don't give a fuck how much we paid for you. I don't care about what you're doing. You do not fuck around with your, home, with your teammates, girl, dude. I don't know what's going on here. But you're on the bench, son. You're on the bench. So he'd been benched for, they benched him for two games, man. And guess who came in? Guess who took his spot? Old Kukoldo over there. Um, 
Anyway, like I said, I don't want to get into too much. I don't give a fuck about that shit. It was people's personal lives. But if you're going to have a league in the United States of America, you're going to need some juicy goss like that. Some hot cheese, son. And last week was a good one for that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm going to make sure these batteries don't die before I hit stop. Quake's next game is at Dallas, uh, the second place team in MLS based on points per game. They have not lost at home, and the Quakes are playing in Dallas. So, yeah, I mean, dude, I'm not going to fucking chalk this up as an L. You know, I'm not going to take the L like that, but, hey, man, you can go out there and make some waves. Make some waves, dude. You ain't making no fucking playoff push, but... Start getting people excited. I start showing that these signings, Garam and Felipe, are going to be contributors in the future. Let us know. But anyway, let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think of me. If it's nice, if it's not, please keep it to yourself. That's not nice. But we'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for listening. Laters.